Welcome to the Catholic Foodie Show. I'm Jeff Young, your host, the Catholic Foodie. So excited to have you here today. I'm so glad that we get to be together and spend this time together. We have a guest today joining us. I'm very excited. I stay excited, I think. And I think it's because we're in the Easter season, right? We're still celebrating the resurrection that Jesus is alive. Jesus rose from the dead. He is alive and he is here with us. So how can you not be excited, right? When you hear that good news. And uh, and I am excited about this guest that we have today. We have Katie Seba with us today. She is known also as the Catholic Wife at thecatholicwife.net. And Katie's going to talk with us today about a number of different things. You know, first of all, here we are at the Catholic Foodie on the Catholic Foodie Show. And and what do I talk about? It's food and faith, right? Food, faith, family, friends, and that, that family part, that is really, really, really key because we experience the grace of God. We experience the joy of God. We experience uh, how he touches us sacramentally in his family, in the family, which is the church, right? We're part of that. And we gather around his table when we go to mass. And uh, we also experience the grace of God around the family table. So that whole family life element is something that we will be talking about today with Katie. So excited to, uh, to, to be here with you. And Katie, thank you. Thank you for joining me here on the Catholic Foodie Show. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm excited. I, I, lo- I love talking about faith and food. That's, that's great. Well, tell us a little bit about the Catholic wife. What is this and, and how did it come about? Um, the Catholic Wife is my blog, and it's um, it started out. I, I started writing it about six years ago, it was in two thousand nine. I was married for just under a year, and I thought two things. I really want to figure out how to be my husband's Mrs. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I, mm-hmm. I, not just in terms of like you know how I look or little things that I do, but how to really address like soulful qualities, be this Proverbs 31 wife. And I knew that it would take a while to get there. Um, And so I started my blog really not looking for an audience initially, but just as kind of a a journal that blossomed into what it is now. And, um, and I talk about all, all sorts of stuff there. I talk about simplicity, um, faith, of course, marriage, parenting, and it's, uh, reflective, but it's fun. And, um, and yeah, so I've, I've speak and I'll be having a, a radio gig here with a bread box soon myself. Well, <laughs> that's going to be fun. That's one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show today. I know that's very exciting. You know, it's kind of, kind of bringing you in here into the family and, uh, and just getting to share you with, with, uh, with the bread box, uh, bread box media family, you know? Yeah. 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 My show will be called a uh, brave by grace. And we're going to talk about fears because I think a lot of people, we all have some, we're all afraid of something, right? Whether it's like, you know, uh, spiders or the boogeyman or what if, uh, you know, having some real social anxiety or we all, we're all afraid of something. There's always a hesitation or an insecurity in, in someone. And I think it's important to dig those up and, and bring them to the light and allow Christ to heal those fears. So that's, that's what I'm hoping to cover with my show. Cause you know, it's called brave by grace. Cause we can't on our own. We need the grace of God. We need Jesus. And not only do we need Jesus, but he wants to heal us and he wants to bring us to that wholeness and for us to not be afraid. I mean, how many times 
in the Bible does it say be not afraid. That's right. Right. So um, that's going to be the whole the whole point of that gig. I'm looking forward to it. That's right. That's awesome. That is so awesome. And you know, it's it's funny because you hear that over and over and over again from Scripture. Pope John Paul II also, I and mean, it was like a clarion call, right? Be not afraid. So why am I still afraid? <laughs> I mean, it's like it happens. It's like not only that, but but it's so many examples in my own life of where I was afraid of something or I'm worried about something and and God comes through. And, it, and so like, not only do I read about it in the Bible, not only do I hear other people talking about it, but I have my own experience of God working in my life and in my life of my family. And yet I still get afraid and I still can get worried and anxious. And we're going to talk a little bit more about anxiety uh, on the show today. I know you had a post that was really uh, got a lot of response uh, recently. I want to talk about that. Uh, but you, you mentioned you, you started the blog. Uh, you were almost a year married, right? And so mm-hmm. how, how, yeah. how long have you been married now? Um, we will be married eight years in June. Wow. So, wow. Yeah. yeah. It's, I still feel like it's, it's such a new thing, um, comparatively, but, uh, but long enough to give us some insight and experience, I think. So yeah, eight, eight years in and, uh, four kids deep yes. in, into holy matrimony and it's good. It, God is good and it, it's a blessing. It is. It is. I know my, my wife and I have, uh, we, we've talked about this often and we've helped with, um, like marriage prep and our, our parish and, and, and things like that. And my wife has an analogy. She talks about, uh, marriage as tea bags. You know, you got two tea oh. bags and you put them into water. What's going to happen? You know, you put them into hot water. What's going to happen? It's like all that stuff from inside is going to start coming out. And that's kind of the way marriage really is. You know, you got these two individuals who come from maybe very different backgrounds, who have very different lived experiences, who love each other and who want to live the rest of their lives together, who commit to each other. And yet when they get into, actually into that hot water, <laughs> into marriage, yeah, I know. you know, uh, uh, all kind of things come out. And, and that, but that's part, I think, part of the healing process, huh? Yes, absolutely. Uh, the biggest prize that I have found in marriage, like continuing on with that analogy, letting all that stuff come out. The a big blessing that we've experienced recently is being vulnerable to each other. And just, you know, cause after so many years of marriage, you know, you start to build up walls a little bit or like, no, I'm not going to tell him that. Or maybe he was, he wouldn't tell me something for, for, for I don't know. Um, but breaking down walls and being vulnerable with each other is, it's just like that teabag thing. Stuff is going to come out and it's going to blend regardless. So just embrace it and be forgiving and merciful and all of that. Yes. And that, that's one of the that. things that, I, that one of the things that I love about what you do at uh, the catholicwife.net is uh, you are vulnerable there, you know, and, and what you share and the, the post that you share. And it reminds me a lot of uh, 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 Pope Paul VI, who said, who talked about, you know, the church and what modern man needs today is not so much teachers, right? But witnesses, people who really experience God, who really experience Jesus, who can really share from their lived experience. So uh, I come from a teaching background and I know that, that sometimes I, I do try to approach teaching though, somewhat like edutainment, somewhat like, you know, teaching, but very gently 
and, and trying to entertain along the way uh, and giving personal witness and, and testimony. But that's what I see at the CatholicWife.net is you, your, your vulnerability uh, really opens up other people. It gives them maybe a safe place where they can meet you and encounter you and, and, and be touched by the grace of God. Well, thank you. I, I hope that is the case. And I, I never want my blog to be like a bleeding heart effort. I never want to go over the top or anything. But I, I do believe in being vulnerable. And especially as I'm encountering challenges in my own life, I know I'm not the only one. And how many of us suffer silently, you know, when it's entirely unnecessary. So I think it, it helps to have solidarity. It helps to have a voice that's saying, you know, this is what I'm going through. Me too. I love that me too moment. And um, so anyway, it's a, I, I pray that it is fruitful and that I'm prudent in the things that I share, but um, I, I've experienced some good feedback from it. And I think it's important, you know, let it out. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, recently you had a post uh, is one of the most recent. It is the most recent one about St. Teresa of Avila. And it really struck me because, uh, well, first of all, I love St. Teresa. I mean, she's it was just so real, you know, and and talking about prayer and her relationship with Jesus. And I just absolutely love uh, Teresa of Avila. But I love this particular quote. you, You posted a quote, then you wrote a little bit about it. It's the quote is know that even when you are in the kitchen, our Lord moves amidst the pots and pans. And it's just that whole element, I guess, of, of really encountering God in the nitty gritty, well, messiness of life. You want to tell us a little bit about uh, that post? Yeah, I know. I Every Monday I, I put a post up with a quotation from the saints, uh, Monday morning with the saints. And I, my friend Megan, actually, who went to Benedictine College with me, she sent me this quotation. And I was like, wow, geez, you know, I, it just hit right away because what do I hate more than anything in the kitchen? Clean and pots and pans. Oh, I hate it. I do. And I joked in the post, I was like, you know, I always save those for last because maybe the end times will come and I won't have to do them, you know, um, you know, fingers crossed. Take me now, Jesus. Um, but it's, it's in those like little detestable chores that the Lord will make us saints. Mm-hmm. You know, if we are, if we are faithful in these little things, if we are sacrificing these deeds, however grimy, however gross, I mean, you know, parenthood is just as disgusting. And, oh, it's, yeah. uh, and that is where the Lord calls us to very simple, humble service. Mm-hmm. Is anybody going to give me an award for washing pots and pans? No, <laughs> but I'm, about it really (laughs) Um, but our Lord does see these actions Mm -hmm. and I I loved that line from St. Teresa so much because she said that he is there amid the pots and pans he is already there waiting for me to serve my family in that way and I I love that idea a priest friend of mine said you can always invite our Lord to do the dishes with you like always invite him this is hard Jesus I don't like it and there is no such thing as a problem or an obstacle or some little annoyance that is too small to bring to our Lord. And if it's the pots and pans, then do it, you know, mention it or any other thing that you detest in your home. But the best thing about this quotation was I felt it translated on a much larger scale. So 
Uh, we can we can keep talking about that in a minute. Yeah, we, we do need to take a break. You're listening to The Catholic Foodie Show on Breadbox Media. I'm Jeff Young, your host with Katie Seba today, and we'll be back in just a minute. Welcome back to The Catholic Foodie Show. I'm Jeff Young, your host, The Catholic Foodie, here on Breadbox Media. So glad that you are with us today, with me today. And also with me today is Katie Seba. She is the Catholic wife at thecatholicwife.net. And uh, before the break, we were talking about dishes, pots and pans, doing the dishes. You know, I love to cook, and I I love to get in the kitchen, and I I make a mess. And my wife gets onto me all the time. She has this thing. She has this thing she talks about. It's called, like, clean as you go. I don't know if you've heard of this, but, you know, I I haven't really... I think it's a myth. I think that, that there may be some people on another planet somewhere who actually clean as they go. But I like to just go in and mess everything up because I have fun in the kitchen. You know, I'm cooking and doing all my stuff that I love to do. And and then guess what? Because I, I consider that, that almost like heaven. You know, I'm cooking. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, sitting at the table with my family or with friends. And, and then guess what happens? Somebody's got to clean up. You know, you got to do the dishes, right? You got to clean the dishes. And for me, I've always likened that to, well, purgatory. (laughs) It's like, it's painful. It's just painful. And Katie, before the break, you were saying the same thing, that, 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 the dishes, I mean, that no, you're not going to win an award. No one's going to give you an award. Although, if you come and do my dishes, I might give you an award. How about that? No. Oh, <laughs> But you're not going to get an award for that, but you can still invite Jesus into it. Yes. And I, I think what's so important about, you know, that quotation from St. Teresa, which again was know that even when you're in the kitchen, our Lord moves amidst the pots and pans. So what I think is so awesome about that particular line is that, yes, Jesus is already there waiting for us to serve our families. And I think that's so awesome and so important because he is present in those little things in these small, menial, mundane, horrible acts of service that we we are called to perform. But then if he's there, then he is all the more present in the in the grime and the gross Mm -hmm. on a much larger scale Mm -hmm. in our lives. What is troubling you? What is it, especially in my case, because I postpone the pots and pans all the time, put it off, (laughs) uh, hoping Jesus will just come take them away, you know? (laughs) Uh, But what is it that that we are putting off? Mm -hmm. What is it that we're afraid to face? Or what is it that will be really, really hard to deal with once we get our hands on it? Will will it make us dirty, messy? Is it it uncomfortable to deal with? And in those areas of our lives, if Jesus is in the dishes, then he is there too. That's right. And I think that that's even more of a call to, to have confidence in, in Christ because he is trustworthy and to know that he will be present. We never have to do anything alone. And I think that's, that's something at least for me, I forget all the time. I try to be pretty self-sustaining, self-reliant, um, almost to a fault and uh, on occasion to a fault. And, um, and so I think sometimes I hesitate to ask our Lord for help because I'm like, oh, well, I got this. But when it comes to the big stuff, Jesus, I'll call you. <laughs> yeah. you know? um, yeah. and, and so it almost, 
even like tiny little things that overwhelm me. I'm like, okay, well, I'm, I can handle this. I'll, I'll, I'll get over it. Or, uh, you know, people might think, oh, I don't want to bug our Lord about that, you know, or he's got bigger things to do. Well, no, yes, he has big <laughs> things to do, but it turns out he's God and he can handle all of the <laughs> tiny things as well at the same time, no less. So, That's right. uh, anyway, our, our Bishop recently told me, he was like, you know, you can bring anything to Jesus, great or small. And he was like, especially bring that awful nitty gritty stuff because mm-hmm. he's big enough. He can handle it. That's right. That's, you know, one of the things I like to talk about, um, and it just comes up, it comes up a lot <laughs> for me, uh, is the Holy Land, you know, talking about the Holy Land because of the book, the, the you know, the, the around the table with the Catholic foodie, Middle Eastern cuisine, the, the book uh, is available at amazon.com, ligori.org. Uh, but talking about the trip that I, I took to the Holy Land, um, it, my favorite place when I went was, was Bethlehem. And you think about, oh that whole aspect of the incarnation of God becoming man in Jesus, right? He didn't just like plop out of heaven, right? And land and, you know, a a man on the earth. He was born. He was born as a, he came as a baby. And, And the amazing thing is, is that he was born in a stable, he was born in a place that just, it was for the animals. It was actually a, a place where the animals stayed and animals aren't necessarily house trained, especially in a stable. And you got the mess, the stink, the stench, you know, and he was placed in a manger, which is a feeding trough. Even the word itself, manger, comes from mangiare, if you're Italian, you know, to eat. And he's born in Bethlehem, which is, which means house of bread. And so here we are, the house of bread is being shown to us very, very tangibly. Jesus, the bread of life right here in the manger for us. He is not afraid of our dirtiness. He's not afraid of our stench. He's not afraid of the mess. He's not afraid of any of it. And and so that's the way that I have always approached this aspect, this element of, of Jesus uh, coming to us and being here for us. And and it, it, it's, it kind of uh, dovetails nicely, I think, with what you brought up here, the grime, the gross, uh, the dishes, the pots and pans, the things we don't like, but also the things that are just, well, dirty, and, and, and caked on. Mm-hmm. I love that point. That's so true because Jesus was born, you know, people think of like the stable of a manger is such a humble place. And yes, that's true. But I don't, I don't know that I have ever considered how filthy it is, how, how filthy it must have been. And so if anyone knows like what, what dirt and grime and filth is, it's, <laughs> it's Jesus, you know, <laughs> um, so that that's so true. And I, I love this idea of never, never hesitating or never being afraid to say to the Lord, like, I am struggling and this most wretched, dirty, secret part of me is screaming out for help. Heal me, Lord. You know, I think that's, that's so important. Even, even when that thing is anxiety. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Segway. That's <laughs> I love right. that. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Especially when that thing is anxiety. Um, yeah, most especially. I think a lot of us have anxiety on some level because we all worry about something, you know, mm-hmm. um, and so and just nominal worry that is anxiety. Um, it says in the, in the New Testament from St. Paul, have no anxiety at all, mm-hmm. um, but make your request known to God and the peace of 
peace of God, peace of Christ. I'm sorry, I'm not getting this right. The peace of Christ that surpasses understanding will come upon you. Something like that. I'm sorry, I'm not getting that verbatim. But um, the point is that we can bring our concerns to Jesus and that when we place them at his feet and say, here, here's this small worry, here's this huge worry, that once you put it in his hands, you can leave it there Mm -hmm. because he's got it. And you can also place your very worried heart there too and say like, heal me. I, I need help. This is bigger than me, but you are bigger than this. Um, and so I did, I wrote, I wrote a blog post about anxiety recently. I couldn't think of anything creative for a title. So I called it the blog post about anxiety. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> this, is, this is how creative we are as a Catholic wife. And I, I named I named my blog The Catholic Wife because when WordPress asked for like um, a URL, I was like, uh, I'm a Catholic <laughs> wife. And that's what I put. Like, that's awesome. that's, yeah, so it just stuck, I guess. And I was <laughs> oh, I didn't know I could be creative with that. Anyway, um, but on my blog recently, I, I, uh, I talked about my own anxiety. I've had anxiety and mixed with depression. And um, actually, my doctor said it was a perfect blend of both. So oh. I was like, hey, that's cool. Like, yeah. I strive for perfection. So why not? <laughs> um, and it was, it was a struggle that I, in hindsight, um, I've seen it peppered in over the last several years, just little instances of anxiety. Um, But then more recently, it just has become a little bit of a companion, an undesired, unwelcome one, but still present nonetheless. And it really can be quite debilitating um, and it can be really isolating. But it wasn't until, and this is the whole point of the post, is that it can be isolating, but it doesn't have to be. I uh, approached a few trusted friends who are online or a part of this little community. And I was like, girls, I need you to pray for me because I'm really struggling with this. And as soon as I posted it, uh, my my inbox, my message inbox on Facebook was flooded. Mm -hmm. I got Mm -hmm. a ton of emails, all from women saying, me too. Right. Or I've been there. And they shared these stories about their own anxiety or postpartum depression or just rather general confession or confession, depression. Mm -hmm. And um, really just coming out with it. And I thought, you know what? I know I'm not the only one who has ever said anything about it. But I'm going to say something now, even if it's white noise, because I think people need to know uh, and I, I do like being transparent on my blog because I, I think it's important. I don't want anyone to ever think that I'm something I'm not. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I don't have it all together. I do struggle with anxiety um, and all of that stuff. So it was really a blessing to see that I was in great company, that all of these other women experienced it as well. Um, and not just women. I, I received messages from several men saying that they've had it, they've experienced it. Um, people saying that they've seen counselors, that they've been on medication. Um, people saying, yeah, it's, it's an issue I had long ago and I'm grateful it's gone. Other people saying I've had it my whole life mm-hmm. uh, for one reason or another. And it's, it's just so hard. It is, a, it is absolutely a cross. But right. not 
one that we have to bear alone. That's right. That's right. And as part of, you know, as we were saying a few minutes ago, the, the messiness of life. And we'll, we'll continue talking about this after the break. We do have to take a break. You're listening to the Catholic Foodie Show on Breadbox Media. I'm your host, Jeff Young. Joined today by uh, Katie Seba. Uh, uh, thank you so much for being here. we got to take a quick break. Don't go away. We'll be back in just a minute. Welcome back to the Catholic Foodie Show. I'm Jeff Young, your host, the Catholic Foodie, here on Breadbox Media. So glad that you are joining me today. Uh, it's just a delight to be with you. And I am delighted to have Katie Seba here with me today. The Catholic Wife, Catholic Wife, thecatholicwife.net is the blog. And she also has a new radio show that will be coming here to Breadbox Media soon. And can't wait, can't wait to hear that. Katie, so glad to have you on the show. Uh, before the break, we were talking about anxiety and uh, just how, how that kind of relates to that messiness of life. But God's not afraid of our mess, right? Jesus is here with us. And, uh, you know, I can tell you, I, I mentioned this for the first time. Uh, I've been in, in the whole media thing and radio and blogging and all that kind of stuff uh, for, for a long time, since 2008. And I never had really talked about depression uh, or anything of that nature uh, publicly. Uh, but depression is something that I have struggled with all my life. I have suffered with that all my life. And uh, I was uh, interviewing uh, Donna Marie Cooper O'Boyle. This was probably three or four months ago. And uh, she had a new book that came out. And in the book, she talked a lot about her own struggles, her own, the kind of the darkness, the, the, the things in life that she struggled with, the things in life that she suffered through that were, I mean, for, I think most of us, it would just be, I mean, it's unbelievable. Some of the stuff that she went through. And so in the course of that conversation with her, I just felt like, you know, there's something healing about bringing this out in the open. There's something healing about being vulnerable. There's something healing about sharing this low, this burden with, with others. And so in the course of that interview, I just said, Hey, you know what? I'm going to say something, you know, and I, and I, I said it for the first time then that, yeah, I mean, I have suffered with the, most people may be hearing this saying, yeah, right. I mean, look at you. You're always saying you're excited and you're, you know, whatever. But the truth is I have struggled, suffered with depression uh, for most of my life and uh, have, have yeah. been on medication for it at one point and, and therapy and all that, that fun stuff, not really fun stuff. Um, it, it's, it's just part of, of life. But I can tell you, and this is why I'm bringing this up now, is because what you and I are talking about is how Jesus is not afraid of the mess, right? Jesus is not afraid of the, the grime. He's not afraid of the things in us or about us or the things in our lives that aren't perfect. And for a long time in the midst of depression, I could not see that. I could not grasp that. Um, I, I felt as if, and this was going back years now, I felt as if um, I, I knew a lot about faith, about the church. I mean, I had a degree in theology, you know, I knew a lot. Uh, I knew all this stuff. So I was supposed to be better than I was. And I was supposed to have it together more than I did. And, and I didn't. And I just had a really hard time letting go and allowing Jesus to touch me in my pain. Does that make sense? Oh my goodness. Every, everything you just said resonated with me. Absolutely. I have a degree in theology as well. And I, I have had that same exact sentiment. This like, well, I, I studied 
our Lord and and experienced our, our Lord on a very intellectual level. Why can't I get this together? And um, and it, so it's, but it, it's not like a, it's not an intellectual thing, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I said in my post, I was like, this is this is outside of reason. You know, Um, so absolutely. I love what you said about how healing it can be being vulnerable. And I think it is that way because vulnerability is acting in imitation of Christ Mm -hmm. because he came to us as a child and the filthiest place as not as a child, as a, as a newborn. I mean, if, if you ever, if you've ever held a newborn, they can't do a dang thing for themselves, That's right. you know, and they need all the protection in the world. And they're just there. They're just there to love. So he came here as love, um, very, very vulnerable. And so that's why I think when we open ourselves and we kind of reveal ourselves to or reveal our souls a little to people that can be super healing, not only for us, but for them as well. Cause people, especially when you're in pain, it, it is hard to see that anybody else could understand. Mm-hmm. And it is hard to see that anybody could, could have experienced the same sort of thing. So by entrusting a few souls with that kind of information and you don't have to say you don't have to tell the whole world that you're having a hard time it could even be something outside of anxiety or depression Mm -hmm. but whatever you're struggling with if you can tell one other person at least you know a spouse or a spiritual director or somebody um letting it out is so amazing it takes the fear and the out of it um, and at the same time creates a sense of community it makes right. you stronger in shared weakness when I got all those messages from women struggling I was like wow look at us like now we can look at each other with this knowing understanding mm-hmm. I know what you've been through you know what I'm doing right now and and I, I think that's amazing so I love you talking about that sense of vulnerability that's so true and I think, I think too, you know, there's that fear, there's that fear that you, you know, uh, as an example, somebody struggling with depression, that they wouldn't be accepted by others, that, that, you know, they should have everything together um, and they don't. And, uh, but from my perspective, somebody comes to me and they say that they're struggling with depression. What am I going to do? I mean, I, I'm, I'm right there. I'm reaching out. I'm, I'm welcoming. I'm, I'm uh, uh, sharing my own struggles so that I can help to build them up. You know, I'm not, there's no mm-hmm. condemnation. There's no, uh, yeah, you should have it together more. Now, I mean, there's nothing like that, right? There's just a, yeah. that, that sense of, uh, of, of uh, resonance. It resonates with me. And I think for a lot of the things that we struggle with in life, I think that we do have that sense of fear that we're not going to be accepted, not, not by other people and sometimes not even by God. And, and that's not the case. It's just not the case. It's, it's almost like, a, I don't know, a trap, you know, it, 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 we have to get over somehow, step over this, this fear that we are not perfect and, and that we're not going to be accepted and, and allow, or kind of like that leap of faith, right? And, and Jesus, who is divine mercy, who is mercy incarnate, that that no matter what we're going through in life, no matter what, like I love what St. Therese of Lisieux talked about, right? Even if she had committed all the mortal sins that are possible, what would she do? She would just run to Jesus and throw, throw, throw herself into his arms of mercy. 
And I'm thinking, mm-hmm. wow, like that's faith. You know what I mean? That's that faith. But, but we all need that. We really need to hold on to that, that faith. Yes. And um, Jesus said to St. Faustina, who's one of my favorites, he said, let the sinner not be afraid to approach me. And that, that one simple line, let the sinner not be afraid to approach me because he's, he's ready and waiting. You know, here I am (laughs) and, and I've been here the whole time and come back, you know, and don't be afraid. And it's so true. You know, when, when you're in the midst of some sort of anxiety or depression, it's hard to think other people will know how to accept you or even how to handle you. You know, you suddenly become like an egg, I guess. But then coupled with that thought of how can I even begin to approach God? You know, it's maybe he won't accept me. And that is where I think the devil gets a foothold and he kind of hisses that into our ears, you know, saying like, the Lord will not accept you. Look how wretched you are. Look how Mm. down you are. Don't you know you're supposed to be joyful in the Lord all the time? Well, no, because he, the Lord suffered. He also is sorrowful and he is ready to heal us and make us whole again and make us joyful. But that doesn't mean the road will always be easy. So any, any time I've had that kind of hesitation, it's, it's becoming easier for me to identify it as from the evil one. You know, this is, this is not from God, you know? Right. And, and you know, the thing about whether it's anxiety, depression, whatever it may be, the thing about that, um, I mean, you're, you're the Catholic wife, you're, you're a mother, you're in a family, you've got responsibilities. I'm, you know, a husband and a father, I've got like, you know, I got to work, I've got to, I've got to help, you know, be present to my family, do all these, these things. And when you have something like anxiety or or depression, that it's a, it can be a, a, a huge impact on your family, but life doesn't stop, right? Life keeps going. So there's really some practical things that we have to do, I think, to, to kind of keep to kind of take care of ourselves, but also keep going. You mentioned in your post a few things about uh, maybe, you know, that they can be overwhelming. Anxiety and depression can be overwhelming um, and, and maybe a reason to pull back a little. You want to uh, talk about that? Absolutely. Um, once I realized that I had anxiety to a significant degree, I was like, okay, I, I think it's time for everything to stop. So um, I really did stop everything. I put on my blog, Facebook page, like I'm not going to be writing for a while. Um, I felt free to space my interviews out for the radio show. Um, I I stopped. I stopped cooking. Um, which is probably, probably a cardinal, cardinal sin on this show. Um, but I, uh, I stocked up on frozen pizzas, um, without apology. Cause I knew like, this is, this is oh, just yeah. part of the time that I need to heal. And, um, I do homeschool our kids and I, I stopped that too. And we started playing outside a whole lot more and I let them watch PBS kids. So they would still get their mm-hmm. like super Y and peg plus cat in, in there. So, um, <laughs> But yeah, I, I learned that if I'm going to function at all, that means that I might have to stop everything now. And um, and I could breathe a lot more easily. And I just lifted all of those weights off of myself. And I learned how to say no. Um, and that's hard to do, you know, when, when people ask you to do things and you want to participate, but the answer just has to be no. Um, and I wrote this on my site. I have to remind myself to keep my to-dos limited mm-hmm. while the Lord heals. Yeah. So um, 
if you're going to accept the Lord's healing, that that means that that acceptance has to be active. Right. Like I can't, I can't keep myself in that state and just say, fix me, Jesus. Like, look, I can't stop. Fix me, fix me. So it's, <laughs> The Lord comes in that still small voice. He comes in the calm. And I wanted to create an atmosphere welcoming of him. Absolutely. We got to take another break. Don't go away. You listen to the Catholic Foodie Show on Breadbox Media. We'll be back in just a minute. Welcome back to the Catholic Foodie Show. I'm Jeff Young, your host, the Catholic Foodie, here on Breadbox Media, joined today by Katie Seba, who is the Catholic Wife over at thecatholicwife.net. We're talking about uh, all kind of fun things like anxiety and depression and dishes and... (laughs) (laughs) I'm being Uh. facetious, just a little bit facetious. But I tell you, you know, before the break, uh, we were talking about uh, how when anxiety, depression hits, how life doesn't stand still. You know, I know in my case, I still got to go to work. I still have to uh, face my, my family every day and, and relate with them and help them and, and cook dinner and, and do the dishes. And, you know, all those things still have to happen. Um, and, you know, I think a lot of times we're, we're prone. I know I am. I'm prone to want to live out of my ideals all the time. And, and that just uh, is not realistic. And, and Katie, you were mentioning uh, before the break, how when that anxiety hit and you realized you were really in the midst of a, of a major, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, crisis or whatever of, 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 of anxiety or episode of anxiety that you had to really dial things back. You know, you, you kind of stopped some things. And one of the things you mentioned was cooking, you know, and I, I can tell you that I was, uh, I, I had, I went through a, a depression, a depression, uh, after the book was published, uh, mainly because I was just on this adrenaline rush high for months, you know, six months of putting the writing and, and doing all the cooking and everything else. I lived in the kitchen for about six months doing all this. And then once it was all over, I just crashed, you know? Yeah. And for yeah. months, guess what we did? I picked up, uh, roasted chickens from the local grocery for, that was like dinner mm-hmm. four or five nights a week, you know, because it was easy. <laughs> and I didn't have to cook. Uh-huh. Oh, but that's a secret, so don't tell anybody. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got it. <laughs> it's, it's in the fall. It's in the fall. Yeah, we've, we've seen a, a, a strong, uh, varied a variety of, of frozen pizzas. I mean, you name the brand, we've had it. Um, it, it DiGiorno really is amazing, oh, yeah. and we're big Freshetta yeah. fans. I love Freshetta. Freshetta. I like to say Freshetta is better, you know? Oh, yes, um, that's right. So, yeah, it's, uh, anyway, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I did shut down the kitchen a little bit, and everything just became very, very simple, and mm-hmm. lots of leftovers, and lots of, you know, this kid's going to have have leftover pizza that kid's gonna have corn dogs you'll have leftover gumbo and i'll figure it out later you know and um and that's okay that's yeah, okay. and you know that's what all, right. all of my family members are still alive that's right so <laughs> that's, that's right and you mentioned gumbo you mentioned gumbo just now so look uh that's one thing we haven't talked about yet you know you're up there you're up north you know you're up north up there yeah. in shreveport you know way up north and, uh, and I'm down here in New Orleans, uh, to Louisiana yeah. folks. Isn't that great? 
Yes, it is. It's funny because, you know, Deep South people call Shreveport the North. My family, <laughs> they're all in Nebraska and Montana. So they, I mean, I live in the South to That's them. Right. But it's, oh, yeah. so funny. it's so funny to be called a Northerner from, from you Southern Louisiana folk. Well, it's, it, funny. it's funny. I keep, I, every time I think of Shreveport, I think of uh, uh, Disney's The Princess and the Frog, you know. They had that the little lightning bug. I can't remember what was his name. Uh, that little lightning bug says, y'all aren't yeah. from around here, huh? Where you, you must be from up north. You from Shreveport? <laughs> I know. I loved that part. I loved that. I was like, yes, represent. Uh, that's great. I was just up <laughs> there. I was just up there last week. Uh, but I was only for, uh, yeah, only for an afternoon. I had uh, a meeting, a business uh, related meeting. We actually took a small plane, a little charter plane up, flew up there an hour and a half, flew back and had a wonderful lunch. We had sushi. It was at um, a place close to, uh, what's the big, the big fishing uh, store? I'm, I'm drawing a blank oh, here. Oh, Bass Pro. Like Bass Pro Shop. There's a little, uh, there's a, right next to it, there's a, a, a sushi place. Can't remember the name of it, but they had some good mm-hmm. stuff. It was really good. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've never been in there. Sushi is not really my scene. You know, I grew up in Nebraska, so that's a landlocked state. So I oh, like yeah. my chicken. Oh, yeah. And I like potatoes. <laughs> I just I just started enjoying sweet potatoes. It's not something oh, I've ever yeah. enjoyed, but I think this is I think they're officially my favorite food. Like a baked sweet potato with oh, some salt yeah. and butter in there, amazing. Oh, I love them. Amazing. I, I, where has it been all my life? So I love it. I don't, I don't know about in Treeport, but I know around here they've had a lot of restaurants now. I say a lot. It's just a kind of a trend. I don't want to say like everybody, but a number of restaurants is like a little trend going where they do sweet potato fries. Instead of regular French fries. Yes, I personally prefer them to regular fries. Regular fries are great. Don't get me wrong, but dang, like you get some good sweet potato fries in there with the right kind of crisp. Mm, no, it's 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 over. That's like last meal material right there. That's so good. Well, that that's like that whole salty sweet taste. You know, that little salty sweet profile. That oh, it's just so good. You know, it's like the best of both mm-hmm. worlds. Like salted caramel. Oh my goodness, what a flavor. Oh. No, no, I agree. I agree. So we were talking about life having to move on, you know, and it does. And and I guess, you know, our faith life is much the same, right? It kind of moves on. We we live life in seasons. And that's just, I think, the way life works. But we see this kind of pronounced or highlighted in our our faith. And so we just celebrated the, the season of Lent. Uh, which can be kind of a darker season. It's, it's supposedly in the, the cooler months, colder months. Uh, and it just has that, that sort of darkness about it. It's Lent, you know, a desert experience. And then, of course, uh, the commemoration, the, the celebration of the three holiest days, Jesus suffering, death and resurrection. And then now we're in this Easter season. So it's springtime and, and everything's coming alive and, 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 you know, hopefully, and you, you can look at it too. You have what, what is that seasonal depression that some folks have where in the mm-hmm. winter time, whether it's in the, you know, before Christmas or, or even after in February, I think traditionally was one of the most depressing months of, of the year going back to Roman times. Uh, and then you come into the springtime where things are kind of looking up and people can kind of feel better unless they've got bad allergies and, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but then it happens in seasons. And so are there, are there anything that you hold on to on your, from your, from the faith, whether it's a feast day or a season or anything that may help you through hard times, you and your family? 
Um, you know, I like whenever I'm going through a hard time, uh, I like to focus on very, very simple things. So if I'm going through a hard time with anxiety or really anything else, I try to focus on the simple, deli- simple delights, you know, um, and those kind of carry me through. Um, and I love my one of my favorite Bible verses is from um, Isaiah, um, Isaiah chapter 35, four, and um And it says, say to those who are of a fearful heart, be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with a vengeance, with the recompense of God. He will come and save you. Mm. And I I mean, it's just, it just packs a punch, right? So he will come and save you. He will. And there's, there's no like, he might come and save you (laughs) or like, you have to be super duper faithful and he might come and save you or you have to say all of your prayers just right and he might come and save you or you have to be super strict about X, Y, and Z. Now he, he will save you because we, we are precious in the eyes of God. We are beloved. And I think that is one of my strongest consolations is knowing that my identity first and foremost is rooted as a beloved daughter of God. And, and, then what what comes after is confidence that he will take me from from the plight and it, even if anxiety or depression or whatever you've got is supposed to be like your, your whole life long even if it's something that's a chronic condition that just doesn't let up doesn't go away forever then having that confidence that God saves us not necessarily by only removing the hardship from us, but by walking with us Mm. through it. And one of my favorite prayers to pray is very, very simple. And I just say, Lord, show me where you are. Mm. Show me where you are and help me to have faith. Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. And learning to see where has God been walking with me, even when I've been blinded by challenges or difficulties. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And it's, uh, there, there's so much, I think there's so much there uh, when we're going through something in life that, um, whether it's anxiety, I think anxiety, depression, that kind of thing, it, it, it highlights the fact that we're not in control. You know, that, that a lot mm-hmm. of times, there's a lot of things in life that I can fool myself to believing that I'm in control and, uh, and I'm not. And I think part of that comes from our American culture just, just from our culture of thinking, you know, we're, we idolize the, the self-made man, you know, the guy that pulls himself up by his bootstraps and can go and get the job done and, 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 and all of that. Um, and, and yet, you know, even what we do have, even what we can do, that ability right there is a gift from God. And so I'm fooling myself when I think that I'm in control of almost anything, you know? And so mm-hmm. depression is something that happens inside of us. Anxiety happens inside of us. And it's not something that we can control. And, it, and it, it's, an, it's an opportunity to step out in faith. It's an opportunity to rely on God, to trust in Jesus, because that's really all we can do. Uh, and, and he is faithful, just as you said. I love that. I love that quote. Katie, it, it has been just an absolute joy 
to have you on the Catholic Foodie Show. I'm gonna have to have you back. <laughs> oh, anytime, anytime. I love it. This has been so good. Thank you. Uh, so you have uh, again the website, uh, the Catholic uh, Wife, thecatholicwife.net. Uh, you have a new radio show coming out, a Brave by Grace radio show here on Breadbox Media. Uh, the date, the release date, is to be determined, but it is on its way. And uh, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, thank you. And God bless all of your work. It's fantastic. Well, thank you. And uh, folks, uh, you can uh, leave voice feedback for The Catholic Foodie uh, anytime, call day or night, 985-635-4974. Let me know what's going on in your kitchen, what's happening around your table. I'd love to hear it. Uh, And until next time, bon appetit.